Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome to another week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. So this week I'm speaking to Adrian Halliday. Now he owns a company called Landscapes from You down in Tasmania. Now Adrian specialises basically in anything outdoors and anything to do with landscaping. Um, so today what I want to talk to him about is just some of the common problems or some of the uh, things that get forgotten when people are building new or renovating and quite often a lot of these things seem to get left out of the contracts and they're left with a, a yard that's unfinished. So Adrian Halliday, welcome to the show. Uh, can you first of all tell us how you got into the industry and why you love doing what you do? Um, I've been in the industry for about eight years or so, mate. And uh, so I come from a farming background. So I've always been kind of handy. And, uh, you know, when you're a farmer, you've got to uh, uh, make use of designing and create, becoming quite creative, especially with, uh, with costs. And, uh, you know, and you become uh, pretty handy in those regards with welding skills and, and all sorts of engineering principles. And um, anyway, I was, I was actually a cherry orchardist at the time and and uh, the market wasn't going so well. It was, and uh, it basically rained on Christmas day. So another Christmas ruined in the cherry industry. And uh, I was uh, in about mid January, I was sitting in a hay bale with a friend of mine. And I said, you know, I said, I reckon, and, and keeping in mind, we were doing about 60, about 60 to 70 ton of cherries. And it was a total value of about, it was well over a million and a half dollars. And and, as, and, and we could see another loss coming that year uh, after we paid all the wages and stuff to see we we're going to make more money. And I just said, you know, I reckon I could make more money uh, doing some lawn mowing. And uh, my friend didn't laugh and I, I, it was not what I expected. It turned out... <laughs> This, he had a, he had about 20 years in the landscaping game, and, and I sort of knew that. It's pretty handy. And he said, "Mate, absolutely." He said, uh, "You know, if you if you can, I'll um, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, he was a qualified engineer at the time, and he said I'm happy, and, and I employed him as a diesel mechanic. And so he said, uh, "Hey, look, uh, if you can, I'm happy to show you the ropes. You know, you run the business, um, you can be the face, get go get the work, and and I'll train you up and and, and train you properly." if you want for, for a year or two and we'll see how we go. And uh, yeah, within, within 30 days, I'd uh, wrapped up the business. I'd moved on, handed in my resignation and, uh, um, and set up my landscaping business. So at the time that was gardening, but, but we, it's not something we do now. It's uh, very strictly what I call structural. Um, we, we don't actually do gardens or gardening as such. So we, we very much focus uh, eight years on. We're very much structural landscapers now. Yeah, and so what you mainly focus on, sort of being able to change people's backyards, or or what's your main sort of focus with with what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, that is the goal. The goal is to, you know, there, there's many reasons why people want to get landscaping done. Sometimes it's really obvious that they they just, for example, a new build. Uh, a lot of investment goes into into the house, which is quite normal. And, and uh, you know, and this is very standard. I don't know about, uh, where I am, it, you know, it's a five grand is sort of allowed for landscaping. And, uh, but, but the reality is that they, when they come to the landscaping, they, it's going to cost, it could someone, you know, upwards of 20, 30, 40 grand for what the client's actually after. So that five grand isn't going to go very far. Um, so, 
I guess that I guess that sort of gets the what maybe the turf down if they're lucky. Yeah, well, kind of. You just got to throw some throw some lawn down, uh, you know, that, and that's fine. But but it's also about being creative. So it's it's about being creative and, and explaining that landscaping is something to create what I call someone's home. Uh, a bit of patience is needed, and and that that's the same with budgeting. Uh, so it's not and that's where i've had a lot of success with that this is not about an open check i mean who has that you know that would be awesome uh, this is really about talking to the client and communicating that you know over a period of time they can have something magnificent but it might take a few years you know once they allow it you know they can save up and spend save up and spend and, and it's like with anything is it a bit of patience but so that that's that's sort of what i'm trying I'm trying to create people's homes but then sometimes we just get asked to come in quick, blitz a place and do a makeover and that can be you know, tidying up, doing some paving, uh, pressure washing, build a wall here or there, and, and then someone flips the house. Like it, it depends on what, what the client's after. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. It and, and I wouldn't mind digging into a bit more of one of my questions here I had to ask you is what, when people are renovating or building, um, I, I seem you would see this all the time, but does landscaping seem to get left out a lot or is, is left as, you know, a lot of homeowners will say, um, you know, look, leave the landscaping out, we'll do that at a later date, and then it never sort of seems to get done? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's a bit of it. I mean, so for eight years, I feel like it's been the education process, you know, in the, in the industry. A lot has changed. There's, there's a, uh, where I'm based, there's, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there's probably uh, there's probably six or seven really solid landscaping businesses out there, and and, and, I, and I know them all, and I, and um, I've worked with a lot of these guys too on major uh, commercial projects, and where there seems to be a healthy respect growing um, between builders and landscapers uh, because traditionally it's kind of like you know the oh, the old days, I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago. A retaining wall is something that a client wants at the end of a new build, and, and the builder might just say, "Oh, yeah, I've got a weekend off. I'll just snap up a snap up a wall, you know, a one meter high wall, and quickly chuck it up." And uh, and then we get the landscaper then gets called back about a year and a half later because it's kind of falling over and it's you know nothing's stuck together and it's just you know been. But the house isn't that case. So you know, builders have a place. They're very good at what they do in their trade and. And landscapers who are highly skilled are very good at what they do, and that's that's uh, that is the land, you know the structural and but absolutely it gets forgotten, and that that, that happens throughout the trade. It's kind of like, um, and I think that's got a lot to do with it that anyone can have a go at it, you know, anyone can have a go at it, and 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 that sometimes causes a lot of problems for clients uh, that they, you know, if you don't get the right guy and think corners are cut, and uh, you know. So it's kind of like, unfortunately, we, we sometimes get called in and we have to repair things. And yeah. That's a shame because it's twice the money. Yeah, definitely. And do you find this causes a bit of drama to some of your clients or people that you talk to just in general conversation when, you know, they move into a new home and they've gone, I kind of wish we did the landscaping or we've got a backyard, but now we've got dirt that we're carting into the house because the yard's not finished. Yeah. Um, so, so say say that again, Joel. So, do you think um, like, the frustration that they you, have landscape? Yeah, like do you, do you find that though, that the causes a bit of drama with you know, and either one time you build or a renovation, or a lot of people just mm -hmm. get quite frustrated because they've got a yard that it's there they can't quite use, but it's it's you know that it's not to the capability of what they want to try and achieve out of it, and you know that it's yeah. they're dragging dirt through the house, or you know everything's always dusty, or because you know the yeah. yard's incomplete. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's really it. I mean, just recently, only just last week, I uh, uh, visited four different sites, all all new builds, and uh, all uh, you know, young families buying these places. Uh, so anything from sort of late twenties, uh, early thirties, and uh, they've got some of them have young kids. There was one particular couple that had a one-year-old, and they literally have a house. And then when they walk out on their deck. They've got a you know a 400 mil drop off their deck into mud. I mean that's it, and they, they, it's a it, it's a sort of 400 500. No, I don't even think it's a 500. About a 500 square meter block uh, with the house, and and there's been there's no landscaping. I mean there, it, there's there's mounds of rubble where the the house was cut out and it's just left there. I mean it's not even been tidied up. You know it's a and then this is a young family that that are investing in probably the biggest purchase of their life. Yeah. And um, you know, new home, they've got certain dreams, want to be safe and comfortable, they don't even want to go outside. Yeah. Uh, so that is, I think it's even beyond frustration. I think it's, uh, it's sometimes, it, it actually quite depresses, it depresses people when, you know, you're coming home, you're coming home to your little slice of paradise and there's, you don't even feel like you want to step out in the yard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people build, build a home or when they renovate, they, I, I find, I think the Aussie, Spirit is everyone likes to spend time outside, whether it be in the backyard or out in the deck or patio, having a barbecue with friends and family. And I guess if they haven't got that opportunity to be able to do that, um, I get, I guess they get it quite, quite frustrated with it. But um, so yeah. when it comes to landscaping, what sort of work do you do, and what what are the a lot of the common things that you sort of come across with with the sort of work you do? Uh, we so being structural. Uh, first of all, I, I normally get called in. Uh, the process starts early on and uh, a lot of clients who are getting hold of me now are, are getting me in very early and that, that can even be sometimes before the house is built um, because it's all about, you know, typically when you build a house, you you, you tear out all the soil and, and you move that on, you do a big cutout and clients are calling me in now, so straight up from the beginning and I'm giving them sort of tips on how far to cut because, you know, retaining wall space is not, is limited. Uh, it's all about the house. Uh, I'm just saying, look, you know, you might need to cut another sort of like 600 mil, you know, wider than that and, you know, leave the dirt over there because we'll actually use that to create battering and creating slopes and, and so on, right? So that's where it starts. But then we get... Uh, then we get brought in, um, obviously, to build structural stuff. So the retaining walls, you know, sandstoning, uh, sandstone walls are, are obviously very popular. To, uh, down here in Tassie, we have um, we we have some uh, some beautiful sandstone, uh, you know, and, and that's still depending on the budget. That's it's a fantastic look. Uh, a lot of pathwork, you know. Just yeah, I mean, we we'll put down lawn and stuff like that occasionally right at the end, but. We generally get asked to do the structural stuff, the heavy structural, and then and then some clients uh, we like to get them set up, and they like to have a go themselves, or they'll get one of their mates or something like that to put the lawns down. And but we 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 tend to stick to the uh, big paving, retaining walls. We'll do decks. Uh, again, it's not something; it's not very common for us to do that. But we do we do specialize in sort of like in a. I guess particular deck sizes for like patios and you know certain shapes and uh, pagodas and you know well pretty much anything outdoors, Joel. You know mate, that's yep. that's what I always like to say. If it's outdoors, we'll have a go. You know? Yeah. And I guess um, what what can be some of the advantages um, for someone that you know maybe building a new home or renovating, um, maybe touching base with a landscaper prior 
you know, to commencing their build or, or, you know, even finishing because I guess there's going to be some few advantages if they can come up with a bit of a plan. The same as, same as any project, good planning can lead to a, either a lot of cost saving or, um, you know, better future plans later on. So yeah, what, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, what are some of the advantages would you suggest to people that, you know, if they're thinking about landscaping, what, um, you know, what should they be looking for or ideas that can possibly save them a few dollars in the long term? Yeah, I mean, there's that's it's that is a huge part of of uh, the business is um, letting people know that you know it's, it's it's kind of taking accountability that that uh, and so a lot of people reach out and they go look they've got no idea what kind of block system or you know for retaining walls what kind of pavers because they want paving done right but I'll say well you know what kind of pavers are you thinking of or you know how do you want them laid out and and there's sometimes the response will be well we just kind of want them you know there and uh and that big and and so when i start asking questions they start actually uh, relaxing and, and i'll ask them questions you know how would you like a cut would you like some some curves in there would you like you know do you like curves and I, i'm discovering so that that it's that information that i try and before i even sometimes visit on sites i'm just back and forth a little bit asking questions trying to get really connected and, and understand what the clients after that that that's most of the job really as long as I can get in and understand what the clients are after. And by the way, that means all decision makers. Uh, sometimes uh, my first couple of years, I was a mistake I made. I didn't even know I was doing it, to be honest. I was, I'd meet up with either one of say a married couple or, or decision makers and you know, my is uh, husband and wife or, or whatever the, the dynamic is. But I only met up with one of them because, you know, one's normally out or too busy. And then, so it's only one. And then, and then, it, it, the kind of translation can get lost with some of the, the ideas. And so when I go to job sites now, it's, it's both people and both parties are there because it's really, a, it's, it's a great thing to see the dynamic and, and who actually wants what, and we try to accommodate that. It's pretty much in a landscaping job. You can accommodate for all that stuff or, you know, everyone's little, someone might want a putting green, um, but yet someone might want a nice rose garden. Well, you can incorporate the two together. You know, yeah, and then, then you end up like with that. a bit of, bit of an argument on site. Yeah, why? I've seen it before. I've, I've had that. It wouldn't be the first time. I mean, that used to happen a lot. Uh, it was quite incredible. But, uh, you know, it's uh, you just have to sit there for a while and go, well, I think maybe I'll come back later. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I slide slowly back away towards the gate. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just I think it's just the technology we have today, you're able to do a lot of – this is what I do as well. I give people uh, websites to look at. You know, like you've got Pinterest and – and just Google questions like, uh, you know, and, and just do a bit of homework. Go to nurseries, go check out the plants, go to botanic, botanical gardens, go get some inspiration there. Yeah, it's, it, takes, it takes time. Yeah, um, I think visuals, visuals are really good for people to have too because I think yeah. it's hard, you know, everyone has this idea in their head, but I think communication or either getting it in a visual form is, is really good for both parties to understand too. Um, because I think it's hard yeah. hard for a lot of people, you know, obviously when you live in one spot for a, a, fair, a fair while and you got the idea and you got this vision in your head and you're trying to communicate that to someone who's been there for 10 minutes can get quite difficult. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. I mean, for example, with new builds, uh, you know, you, you've got someone, sometimes fences haven't been put up, so they don't really know where to start. That's really a really common question. So you're like, where do we start? And I'm like, the first thing, uh, they'll send me, I'll say, look, do you mind just for now to send me some pictures of the property? And 
Uh, you can do a lot with Google Earth too. So once I give me the address, I can search and then just have a look at dimensions and, and I'll see there's no fence. And I go, well, I have to say, I mean, as long as you don't block off all access, I said, you, you need to really get a fence up, like straight up. Like it's got to, because it, you just, it's really hard to see anything until you have a boundary and know what you're working with. Um, you know, you need those structures, you need those hard edges. And, and that's where we come in. And that's why I come in really and help the design. And I, and I do a lot of drawings too, you know, that, that helps people. And um, I, get, I get quite enthusiastic when I'm, on a, when I'm on a site. So I'm jumping around and visualize, you know, saying, look, if you stand over here and this is where you're going to be. And um, yeah, I get quite excited really, because it's, it's, it's nice to, especially when you see the light bulb go and someone gets excited with you and they, they can see, they can start to see that, that you know, you, you could, they're going to create something special at their own home, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, you just touched on a good point there I picked up on with access. Do you find a lot of people um, forget about access for future access or later on and then it, it just becomes a bit of a struggle for when you do get someone like yourself in to do something? Yeah, 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 a lot. A lot like knows and where we live. Hobart's a steep place, man. Uh, there's some steep, steep properties. And uh, I'm thinking of, I just don't know why, it's been a while since I've thought about this particular job that we did. And we had to, we had to get a crane uh, to crane in soil and all the grass. And it was the most expensive turf job I ever quoted in my life. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was incredible uh, how much, because the crane cost like at the time was something like seven, $800 an hour, you know, and these guys, they didn't. They didn't rush. I can tell you. And, yes. uh, Never do. Uh, we had to crane. We had to crane one. You know, with a one-ton bags of soil and all the plants and all the stuff. And there was no access. They built the house from fence to fence. You know, solid house from the left to the right-hand side. There was no access. Uh, you couldn't even get. To, you couldn't get through the garage because there was a. You know, the, the building went down. So yeah, that's a big problem. And that, uh, on 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 my uh, on my you know, on my social media and stuff, I'm always harping on about that, probably boring everyone to tears with it. But it's mm -hmm. something that I talk a lot about is access major. And it can can save you so much money if you give someone good access to your property. Like just, it's incredible. You've always got to have access um, forever, not just, just to do your landscaping. You always, and, I, and yeah, I'm talking like 1.4, 1.6 meters. Like that's that's plenty. You know, if you can have that, you can get, all sorts of little modern machinery through things like that, little bobcats and, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, definitely. you've got to have good access. Yeah, I think that's a key point there because a lot of people forget forget about it. They just sort of close it off, put a gate here, and then that's it, I'll deal with it later, and then they want to put a pool or shed or, or you know, do something in the backyard, a retaining wall, and they go, well, now we've got to try and get trucks and stuff at the back. Yeah, so, uh I re look recently, recently, Joel, I had a, it's a good point. I actually, a new build recently, we did a, a big turf job out, a synthetic turf job, because we do a lot of that too. And that, that's becoming quite popular. And, and um, especially for people who have done tank water and things. And, and this was an elderly couple, um, uh, the, you know, sort of late seventies and they'd moved to a new home and all their pathways were all one point sort of, three meters the gates was up to 1.4 meters wide and, and I was I thought that's interesting I'm wondering why the access is so good you know like for a new home it's unusual and the reason is is because he said well we're not getting any younger he said that we need to make sure that if there's something wrong one of us hurts ourselves or it's going to be ill and we need an ambulance to come in with stretches he had already he knew the width of stretches and things like that to get up there and um, 
they, that's how they built their home. And I thought that's, that's one of the smartest things I'd ever heard. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, because, you know, a few seconds or whatever can pretty much save someone's life, you know, that's the difference. Yeah, I actually remember you touching on a point, I think it was last night in your Q&A about safety and uh, duty of care with oh, some yeah. of the stuff you do as well. Um, oh, mate, yeah, yeah, the stairs, the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Stairs was, was being too high or too low or not not the right size and and whatnot as well. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Listen, stairs. I mean, it's because we we're, it's, we're quite smart creatures, right? As human beings, we actually are quite smart. But the brain's processing so many things, and I mean, this is all proven proven stuff. That we're we're processing so many things in our brain all the time. Like your 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 eyes are taking millions of things. So uh, why there's um, stairs, for example when you're going up rises and treads and things like that, you should have no more than five mil discrepancies, which is really basically what they're saying is just don't make a difference, right? Because that's, that's pretty hard. A five, no more than five mil of discrepancy in say rise or height from one step to another. Now I've been on job sites and I've seen today, I've seen, you go just look, walk around anywhere in town or in any city, you look at the stairs, just, just go around and count how many times you see a rise of height different to another one. You'll see it all over the place. And that's why people trip and hurt themselves and, and do some serious damage to themselves because the brain doesn't pick it up, you see. You, you know, you have three or four steps that are the same and then you have a 20, 30, 40 mil difference instead of five mil. Someone trips, young kid, elderly, and it's, uh, yeah, you're in trouble. And that's why it's, I think you probably heard me say, 648 million yeah, I was going to ask, ask you what the figure, what was the figure of people tripping or the cost of it in Australia? Well, it's in Australia alone, this is, by the way, this is 2007, $648 million. Oh. I mean, that's what it cost the country, cost our country to, to oh, yeah, geez. for hospitalizations, off because of trips and falls. And 70% of that happens at home. That's unreal. It's insane. I mean, you know, that includes all hospital visits, aftercare, that's everything. That's, the, yep. that's like the total cost of the whole lot, you know, like yep. all the specialists. Yeah, which is an insane figure. So that's crazy. Yeah, and so when I walk on and I see an issue, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, I know you, well, I know you're the same. You, you have to, because as a duty of care, you've got to mention it now, because I've seen it. I go, well, I have to tell you that, and it, it can sometimes cause uncomfortability because someone's trying to think, sometimes thinks I'm trying to get more work, and I'm like, no, I literally am. I'm just, I have to point it out because it is an issue. And I'm saying that it can be fixed. Yeah, I'm just saying it can be. Uh, I mean, I know you want this wall over here, and that's very important. But I'm just letting you know that that's something that you're make you aware could, of. It. Yeah, someone someone could get seriously hurt there, and I just anyway, I'm just pointing it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and what? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good topic that one, I think, because a lot of people probably forget about it or don't really take much notice, and then something happens, and then all of a sudden it's too late, and they did the whole "I wish I'd fixed that" or, or knew about that earlier. Um, yeah, but that's right. when. Yeah. Uh, coming to landscaping and what's trending in there as well, I see you do a lot of synthetic turf. Um, is mm -hmm. that sort of a lot of people are starting to look at doing or is that, you know, I, I think from what I see, what you do, I think that sort of looks like a pretty interesting thing and it's easy maintenance and, you know, is there a few other things yeah. or what, what sort of the maintenance on synthetic turf? Yeah, the, the maintenance, well, I mean, the, the, the whole idea is that the big sale, so-called the big sale and branding if you look at all the, the big companies that are selling this thing they're trying to say that there's no maintenance and that's just not true i mean i'll say that straight out there now it's called low maintenance and so when someone says i want a no maintenance guide and i go well can we please change that word from low to low 
we need to make it because there's no such thing, right? I mean, it's just you, you're gonna, you've got to do some sort of maintenance, and the maintenance for synthetic turf simply is is making sure no, there's no organic matter, meaning leaves and moss and stuff like that growing into it. You know, you don't leave uh, dog feces or whatever. You know, you've got to clean the stuff up. Uh, it's it's just got to, and then sand. It's got to be sanded maybe once every say three or four years. It's got to be sanded, brushed properly. So I, I mean, I like I'll offer some after I'll offer the aftercare synthetic turf stuff. So we'll we'll visit a property six months after install, and then we'll visit them again about a year later, and, and we'll just bring a couple of buckets of, of um, sand, and we'll just brush it in, and, and you know, it's just we just make sure everything's still looking good because it's these yeah. things have like everything from like eight year warranties, fifteen year warranties, and I'm dealing in a product at the moment that's a specialized pet product that has a I mean, it's a lifetime warranty. I don't even know how they can even offer that, but that's what they're offering, right? Yeah. It's a lifetime warranty. And that what that's really based on is, is more about sunlight, you know, color changes. But that's really what the warranties are all based about, that um, that you won't have a fade, a fading issue. You know, that's sort of like the green that you see some of these turfs. Some of them can be really good looking. It's really, and you pay quite a lot of money for these. And you pay a lot of money really in the grand scheme compared to real turfs. So that's very, that, but it is very popular because people can have, they want to do other things in the weekend besides mow lawns. And that's yeah. just how it is. Um, yeah. Or they don't have water. You know, they, they just can't be bothered throwing water. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I've got a, a really nice lawn on my place, like real, real grass, that is. And, uh, but the idea of watering it and stuff, there's no way. Like, it's just, you know, probably 10 years ago, I would have watered. Uh, my whole my whole idea about all that stuff is, you know, environmentally speaking, things change. I'm just like, oh, I'm, just, I'm not watering grass, mate. Like, I'm just not doing it. You know? Yeah. Um, that's just me. Yeah. Is, so. is is some of that synthetic turf? Is it pet friendly or, um, you know, what sort of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, and that's special. Well, you see that again. Um, it's such a like a, a maze of confusion out there. They'll say that all turf is pet friendly, and and. Strictly speaking, that's true. What what a lot of people don't know out there is that in order to make it pet friendly, you actually have to prepare the base. Uh, but more than anything, you've got to do a, a really solid infill with a particular a product that will, you know, if you've ever been out in a, in a sort of like a small courtyard, even with normal lawn, if there's been dogs there and they're weeing and stuff like that, there's a really strong smell of ammonia. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. you ever, like that's just, this really overpowering. Yeah, talking and, about, yeah. Right, well, there's infills and products. It's a particular product that you can actually put within the synthetic turf that will absorb that stuff and make it and break it down. So that's critical. So, I mean, yes, all grass is pet friendly, you could argue, but there's only certain um, certain grasses that can handle this infill properly. Um, and also, you know, when when grass synthetic turf is not pet friendly is when it's if there's no shade and it's really hot. Yeah. Um, because it's a what's well, a synthetic product these things will heat up uh, we 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 gauge the temperature we did the temperature test on on and by the way keep in mind this is in tassie so nothing like you guys experience but we get we do get sunny sundown here occasionally and uh this <laughs> this, this one particular day when it was hot we uh the, we ju- the, the jumper come off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we wouldn't dare take wear shorts, mate. Uh, it's, uh, it we don't do that. Uh, Took the jumper off and we put the temperature test, and it was like 52, 53 degrees Celsius on the grass. It was, it was like a, a 28, degree, 28 degree day. Yeah. Jeez. So, 
So again, a lot of investments going into trying to drop that temperature. And they're using some serious science out there. So they're, they're, they're trying to drop that. And this particular grass I deal with, uh, it's a, a pet friendly product that drops it down by say three or four degrees. But mate, you've really got to get your dogs a bit of shade. Don't, yeah. don't ever leave just synthetic turf out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Um, so if, what advice can you give to people that are looking at getting a landscaper in or even doing something themselves? Um, to even help you out or help themselves out or someone like you? You know, the, um, the, 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 for me, the, 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 one of the most important conversations I always like to have with clients is based around budget, right? That's first of all, in the landscaping and, and, and because there's like sometimes a confusion. So I have, I have like a, a questionnaire or it's, it's called an inquiry form on my website and, Anyway, someone will fill that out. And then one of the questions is, what's your budget? So for argument's sake, there's a retaining wall they want. They want paving of different sizes. And, and they'll say what they want. They'll say the meterage and, and they've got their bang on and they get all that stuff right. But then they'll come to the budget and they'll say, well, we don't know. And, and the reason is because the question, the, the, the answer is based on what, what someone thinks the job's going to cost. Now, what I'm asking for and what I think I would strongly suggest to anyone is that have an idea of actually how much you want to spend because that's when, uh, you know, and, and I mean, you've got to look for the right landscape. I understand straight away I've had clients say, oh, you know, we don't, we feel uneasy telling you our budget. You're just going to lift your prices. And, and what I always come back with, I said, well, I'm really not trying to waste your time. I said, because at the end of the day, you haven't, you're not spending any money yet. Like you haven't, like you, this is an obligation free conversation. Right. So they haven't actually spent any money with me. So there's no fear. So I'm what I'm trying to get is an understanding of giving them the best value for what they want to spend. And that's based on design ideas. So I'm not going to recommend someone who's got a five thousand dollar budget. Let's say they want to spend five grand and they're asking for, say, genuine sandstone with beautiful sandstone pointing and they want it 30 meters long by one meters high. Now that, you know, that's like a, that, that's a $67,000 job. So if they told me that and they say they've got five grand, I can save them. I can save them a lot of time and a lot of heartache and, and, and just say, well, actually, you know, have you thought about doing this kind of thing with your budget or, you know, are you able to maybe if you lift up to say seven or eight, uh, we could get this kind of system in and, and I'll show them pictures and, and you can start talking. So that, that would be my first thing. You got to you got to work on the budget, mate. It's, uh, yeah, to I think that's a really really important topic because I think a lot of people get this dreamy idea, um, which which is really good, and to you know get this idea in their head of what they want. But I think it's yeah. also really important to make sure that uh, when it comes to this, is making sure they get set on a budget to find out, like you said, what what they can do and what's available with the money they have. Because I think quite often the budget, more often. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, or ten out of ten times, the budgets always seems to uh, outweigh what they want. And uh, yeah, and, and that's it. And and you know another another one. I think we, you and I have spoken about this before. Um, really, when a client, and it's important. I'll sometimes I always try and ask what why clients. You know, why did you choose us? Because I I know sometimes they'll get three or four or five, or they'll they'll, they'll depending on the size of the job, they'll get quite a lot of different contractors in and get quotes. And, and sometimes it can come down to they didn't feel like they were being heard or they didn't feel comfortable, you know, and that, that to me, 
that that's normal in any industry that's not just landscaping that's just normal i mean I, i'm like that you know in certain industries i walk into a shop i don't feel comfortable sometimes how someone is talking to me or how they've addressed me or you know they might be just over familiar or i don't know so that, that's normal I, I you know trusting that instinct i think is good on one hand as well but also there shouldn't be any issue getting your point across and asking say a tradesman or a, you know certainly a landscaper for a bit of a bit of help like hey I, i'm thinking of doing some paving uh you know, have you got any suggestions? You know what I mean? Like ask, yeah, just ask. ask I mean, it, it, yeah, ask. I, it, good, good, solid tradies out there are going to say, absolutely happy to help you. You know, like, uh, have you thought about going down to your local uh, landscape supply place? There's a great showroom down there. You'll get some awesome op- options. And, you know, I, I go down there on a, on a Thursday afternoon at 4.30 if you want, you know, feel free to come down. I, I can spend 20 minutes with you if you like while we have a coffee. Like, like that's you know that's just the world we live in. It's about helping people out. I mean, no obligation free. It doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Or maybe a coffee. Maybe a coffee. Yeah, maybe coffee. Maybe. Yeah, found me a coffee. Yeah, good coffee too. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. But yeah, it's you just just conversation yeah. and gaining trust with that person they're looking forward to, I suppose, and and make like you said, making themselves feel comfortable. I think so, mate. I think I think a lot of it's got to do with that. you know we, uh, you know we. We all live in the real world. We've got to we've got to turn over dollars to pay our bills and things like that. But, you know, it's not not at the not at the expense of of cutting out relationships. You know, no, definitely not. Not communicate. Yeah, you know, and you know that we've. I know you're on the same wavelength, but absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, all right. Um. So, if people want to know more info about what you do and where you are and you know what you're really good at, uh, where is the best place to contact you? Well, right, we've got the phone on good old Facebook. You know, Facebook's always there. Uh, it's, uh, you know, landscapes for you, landscapes number four, letter U. Just search that. Look for the green leaf. That's what I always say. Look for the green leaf and, uh, yeah, have a look. Yeah. You know, and feel free if anyone out there wants to send me, ask me any questions or absolutely doesn't matter where you are, you know, if I can help you, I will. And if I can't, I'll also say that, that I can't. You know, that's, I think that's a big part of the business too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I yeah. see you've been doing some uh, Q and A's on a, a Tuesday night. Is this going to become a regular thing? It is, mate. Yeah, it is. It is. That's uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm certainly enjoying that. I've had some really positive feedback, and that's all about yeah, the Q and A. Someone can send me a question. Uh, you were obviously on the one last night, and that was great. Thanks for doing that, mate. Um, so it's yeah, it's just again, just trying to be helpful, and particularly there's a lot of people at home. Uh, got some ideas. Some people are trying to do it themselves, and and I'm all for it. Like, I yeah. think more yeah. people have a go at this stuff. It's, you know, landscaping it's it's fun, mate. It's outdoors, and you know, and you can certainly do a lot. You might not be able to do all the prep work, but yeah, maybe get someone to maybe do the basic prep, and then hey, you can know, have a bit of fun. Like that's whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. well, if people awesome. are looking for more info, landscapes for you with letter letter U and the number four. Um, face on Facebook, he does. What do you say? Eight PM Tuesdays. Eight PM Facebook Tuesday lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Mate. All right, okay. I really appreciate your time, Adrian. Thanks for having a chat. That's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.